Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 177 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Mosswood-Ward, and joining me in this crashing flame wreck of an orange sidewinder, we have Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. We have Commander Shan. Hello. Um, ben, you haven't serviced the fire extinguishers. That's nothing to do with health and safety. I don't. It's fine. Be fine. We have Doctor Toxic. <laughs> hey guys. We may have a Grant. Yep, I'm here for a couple. Well, a couple of seconds. I'm going to have to dash off in a second. <laughs> and for the very, very, very first time, we have a Doctor Alan Stroud. Congratulations, Doctor. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds like I'm supposed to be Peter Capaldi's replacement, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> unless you've managed to change gender, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, no, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't uh, thinking about that, but the, the, the point being is that, you know, a doctor for the very first time kind of... Um, yeah, no, um, hello, everybody. Um, hopefully, uh, uh, yeah, no, hopefully um, I can... Uh, I can kind of um, give some some explanation of that when Ben gives me a little bit of time, but uh, yeah, welcome Ben. Um, uh, good to be here. Hi, then, right now, Alan. Oh, oh, thank you, Ben. Okay, so um, four years ago, a little over four, well, five years ago, we had a Kickstarter, um, some strange Kickstarter that I, you know was looking for some students uh i was looking for something to talk to my students about and came across elite dangerous and um then about four and a half years ago um i went down to winchester university and uh proposed to them a phd project related to building essentially building worlds in science fiction and fantasy mm -hmm. um and having already done six months of work with with Elite Dangerous and with Frontier, um, I was able to convince Winchester University that um, this was a PhD project. And then fast forward another four and a half years, and um, I've kind of finished. So um, yeah, um, I'm despite all the, uh, uh, the the ups and downs and the perils and pitfalls along the way, um, I have finished my PhD, uh, and it was confirmed yesterday. Uh, I'd, I'd finished about a month ago, but um, but actually you have to go through this little meeting where people um, uh, try and talk to you about your theory and suggest you haven't read enough and stuff. Anyway, I did all that. And um, so yesterday it was confirmed that the corrections that I had to, to do for the final submission were accepted and uh, I would be notified of my graduation ceremony shortly and that my certificate would arrive in the next few weeks. So, yes, I am now officially Dr. Stroud. That's awesome news. I mean, everyone who's been listening to the show knows how hard you've been working on it, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. I guess, you know, we've, we've actually, we've got, even got all of the content now for your Kickstarter and things with the, <laughs> the film and everything. Yeah, so, well, almost, almost. Um, Chris Jarvis is still working on the well, audio. Um, yes. Which uh, the you know the 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 availability of the ETA and everything else is with Chris. Um, we have agreed to honour all the all the Kickstarter backers and all the other bits and pieces. And you know, and I can only apologise for the delay. Um, but you know, all of that is now is down to Chris's timetable. But uh, yeah, no, everything else was was already done. Um, 
with the change of job that I've had, because I've I'm now no longer working at the university I was working at, I'm working at a different one. Uh, that's basically taken me uh, over the summer awful lot of change. So that's taken me away from uh, having as much free time, which is uh, is a bit bit difficult. But um, you know, I mean, as as you guys know, I literally got home tonight, have had a cup of tea, and then put my headphones on so uh to be on so that uh, so that i could talk to you but um yeah my tuesday night is now my most busy night <laughs> so so talking about elite unfortunately is is now second to uh writing lectures and lesson plans at the moment so uh but hopefully that will settle down you know in in the next few weeks and what have you and i might uh, be able to get some time to play a little bit of elite and to be back on over christmas so yeah that'll be good we're just glad you can make it with us tonight Oh, thank you. No, you know, it's nice. And it's nice, obviously, that um, see that you guys are, are sort of managing stuff as you are. And yeah, you know what? It, I mean, the tech, it goes wrong. You know, these things happen. At the end of the day, you power through, you got it sorted. And, you know, now we're here and we're down for, you know, for some good elite dangerous discussions. So, yeah, you know, don't uh, don't let it get to you. I think um, is the important thing. Everybody wants uh, stuff to succeed and, you know, We've been doing this podcast is 177 episodes old, and that really is just stupidly, stupidly, stupidly dedicated um, to everyone that's that's involved in it. So, you know, I, I, I think everyone will let you have five or ten minutes just to curse and swear and push buttons and try and uh, fix stuff once in a while. Yeah, I mean, just talking about that, I mean, 177 episodes, 392 hours, 16 minutes and one second of favorite <laughs> new episodes. You see, I, I remember when John used to, John used to basically, you know, update that all the time. And the thing was with it is that he was making a comparison to, you know, how long, you know, how much stuff we'd done compared to how long other things were and so on and so forth. It was, you know, now that's astronomical. Um, and the fact that we still get listeners who occasionally email and say, oh, I've, I've just found the show. I've started on episode one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, those guys are going to be there for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take yeah. a long time. Uh, uh, I heard from someone who did that recently and they, it took them <laughs> what, two, three months, something like that. Back to yeah. back listening. That's a serious binge watch, you know, and, well, and, and to be fair, they found it really, really interesting to compare sort of live radio from way back when when we were only thinking and dreaming about engineers and stuff and now we've got it and we're sitting here complaining about oh this ain't right that ain't right balance well, I, I i always remember i think it was about episode four where i started talking about um fighters on board ships and you know being able to have a ship that launched one fighter and you know that always reminds me that uh you know sometimes it's good sometimes it's you know, we can sit and kind of chew the fat on things and suggest stuff that we'd like to see. And who knows? Someone might be listening. You never know what they might come up with. Here's, oh, an, yes. interesting, here's an interesting stat I've just worked out. If you started listening to Lay Radio episode one now and carried on all the way through, it would be January 2018 by the time you finished. <laughs> oh, good fun. Is this cal uh, counting the fact that you need to sleep between now and then? <laughs> no, this is continuous listening. Yeah. None, none of that sleep rubbish. Hardcore. It's <laughs> for the week. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it is, 
something of and you know you can imagine i'm i'm quite relieved and it was particularly nice to get the um you know the final sort of yes this is done um i still have to that i do have one more thing they've asked me to do which is within eight weeks i have to uh get the hard copy printed and bound to go on the dissertation shelf at the university now What's interesting here is that one of the things they insisted on in my my Viva was um, the university has been going through its PhDs and has been trying to ensure that the um, that only yeah you know, that quite slim volumes are done. You know they try and make sure that you you know you're not waffling and what have you. So uh, when I when I had this this meet up with the lecturers, I, I went through my stuff and they they insisted at the end that the printed version must have all the appendices in it. Now that means my a, a normal PhD on that shelf is probably about 300 pages. Mine is in excess of a thousand. <laughs> so I'll be propping up one end of the shelf. You'll <laughs> be there and remembered for a long time. We'll be able to spot yours by the bend yeah, in the shelf. Yeah, aren't we? exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Though. You know, they'll have to lie it down, or it'll be the <laughs> it'll be the doorstop in the room, or whatever. But it, it's just, I mean, it's got to be a hardbound volume. So if you can imagine a, you know, a, a big, thick, hardbound book that is more than a thousand pages, I just ah. Uh, so, um, yeah, what that essentially means is that all the elite dangerous stuff is as as Appendix B. Um, or Appendix A, I think it was, and, and you know all the stuff I did for Chaos Reborn has to go in. Yeah, literally everything has to go in, um, which is lovely, you know, because actually I did an awful lot of work um, in excess of probably five hundred thousand words worth of work. But yeah, they basically they want pretty much all of it to, uh, <laughs> to go in. So, so will you be handing it down like the family bible? <laughs> I, I suppose i mean you know i could get two copies and kind of you know keep one one around here i do i do try to keep everything i've ever published at least one copy of everything i've ever published so um i did what was quite nice is the edrpg uh complimentary copy came last week so uh massive thank you to oliver and john for uh for sending me a, a lovely copy with credits in it which was was beautiful um so yeah so you know i have things like that i have um you know where my short stories have been published in anthologies um where i've published academic articles you know i do try and keep one copy of everything so yeah i this will this will go next to my master's thesis and and, and basically dwarf it <laughs> so I'll probably need a shelf of my own you know just to just to put the stuff on so uh yeah you know i but it'll be nice you know it'd be nice to get that done and uh, it's always nice to you know to to see something of your work in print um, that's always a, a, a very, very nice moment. And to be fair, unlike myself, you are a real doctor. So. Well, one, I'm only a real doctor. I'm only a real doctor, at, you know, until someone has a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, yeah, I wouldn't even... ask me about heart attacks either. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, if uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I'll sit there and go, well, you know, if you. You want a world built? I can help you, but other than loosening your collar, I'm really not going to be much. Yeah. <laughs> if you want your next world built, come to me. <laughs> yeah, I can make a start right now, but I'm probably not going to get very far by the time you need it. Um, so yeah, no, um, uh, it, you know, it, it's it's lovely in that it's the first. You know, I'm the first person in in 
in my family, my extended family, that uh, that's ever done something like that, which is is quite quite cool. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a very very uh, niche, uh, quite well, you know, a, a niche area, a niche area of study. Um, but it's it's been particularly useful, and and a lot of what we're doing is, um, or a lot of what I've done has has helped us with sort of designing stuff for Phoenix Point. So, you know, which is, is great. So, and the stuff we're working on for there is, you know, is, is all informed from everything we've done before. So, yeah, good, good fun, good times. Nice and finished. Move on to the next stuff. Right, well, thank you, Alan. I know you've got to, as you say, you've just get into and I'll let you run off and go and get your dinner now and things. Thank you. That would be very nice. It's, it's in the office. Awesome speaking to you, Alan, and you take care of yourself. And you guys too. Good luck tonight, and uh, I hope it goes well, and hopefully I'll talk to you all again soon. All right. Yeah, See you later. Take care. Take care. Enjoy Goodbye. Yeah. Cheers. Right. Anyway, we're going to have a very, very quick... We're going to run basically through most of the stuff, and then we're going to go into the main discussion this evening, which is a recording that Shan and I went off and did with Sandro yesterday, which has got lots and lots of media goodness. So, uh, so I guess we'll go first of all into the upcoming AX fighter changes in the development news. Colin, do you want to take us through that? Oh, is this the? Um... The, the AX being a little bit OP. Oh, yes. Well, um, we kind of all suspected this, that uh, the the new AX fighter, the, the new Taipan, is getting, is getting play balanced. It's not supposed to be that good against human players, where it, it did turn out to be quite good. So when the next update does come, that one's going to be throttled back a bit. Now, uh, this does lead a interesting question is when is a nerf not a nerf <laughs> because to tell you the truth this thing it, it obviously missed something where it shouldn't have been that good against other people in the first place but um they're just play balancing it now and yeah i've been it. playing i've been playing with it in game um and it's daka daka factor is immensely fun um However, it is a bit overpowered against NPCs and human players. Um, the other thing is, though, which is, if you like, an upside, is they are going to improve its availability. So it won't just be available at Shinrata or Isola Prospect. Yeah, which is, which is great. So, I mean, yeah, there's not, there's not much to, to, to really discuss on that one. Basically, usual detractors come onto the forums and, and complain. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to be balanced. Its, it's purpose is to, t is to be used against Thargoids, not against other people. So they've just played balanced it back. So it's enjoy it while you can. Weapons as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's meant to be anti-Xena anti weapons, not anti-human weapons. So I think this is just this kind of speaks for itself. So it, recently we had more gold, goldier gold paint jobs, and now we're getting more chromier chrome paint jobs. Yes, um, if you if you bought a chrome paint job in, in the past, they've gone and got a a brand new one for free, which um, looks better. I haven't had a chance to actually check my number Cobra Three because that was the only one I've got. But uh, um, do you it have it? Some, I do have one on my Cobra Three. 
uh, and I'm going to have to check that at some point. But my Cobra Three is. I have to. The gold stuff, and on some of my ships, I prefer the old, more matte gold effect, which went from almost like a, a nice dull metal, dull gold, all the way through to black, but without the the glossiness. And on other things, then the the extra bling is really very very shiny. So I'm glad that let us have both of them. I don't know what it's like with Chrome, though. Um, I put the Chrome one on one of my cutters, and it is extremely shiny. It's, it's almost blinding in some lights. It's kind of like uh, it's super bling. <laughs> super bling, yes, indeed. Right, the last thing is, and kind of related into our main discussion, so last Thursday we had Sandy was going off and spoke on Frontier's own stream and then he went off and there's a whole load of other questions on the forum that he never got round to. So Sandy's gone off and spent quite a chunk of time on the forum responding to all these other questions and just going into a, into a lot more depth with them in that. Um, but we'll link that in the show notes, I think, unless there's any of those that anybody particularly wants to take up? No, no, not really. Um, basically, I think we just rediscuss it again later, don't we? Uh, there's some, some. Well, our thing with Sandy was a lot of original content. I'd say, Sean, yeah, it was. Yes, what we the questions we asked uh, Sandro, we deliberately stayed away from stuff you'd already answered. So hopefully, there's not too much overlap. I mean, there is some I remember, but. The intention was to try and ask new stuff yeah, rather indeed. than um, repeat stuff that had already been said. But it's, it's worthwhile checking the two to see if he um, has changed his mind in between when he did it this and when we, he answered our questions. <laughs> That'll be worth checking out, yes. Right, I think, should we jump into, and we're going to do Community Corner, and then we'll have an advert break. Actually, yeah, we'll do Community Corner, then an advert break, and then we'll bring in the main topic, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so somebody said something about a player trying to talk to Thargoids. Oh, this one has been picked up by uh, a lot of the news feeds, uh, a lot of the news uh, groups at, uh, sorry, news sites at the moment. Um, we have uh, a particular player um, who is trying to communicate uh, with the Thargoids by playing back... Um, they're the sounds that they generate. Now, let's play a Benjamin Barr, who's known as Heisenberg 6628, uh, who, in co and co a collaboration with members of the Thargoid Alien Investigation Group, Canon, recently has made his first attempt to talk at Thargoids. Uh, the whole point of this is that I think it's, it's showing that a lot of people are a little bit frustrated that the only way to talk to the to interact with these Thargoids is shooting them. So them and uh, them over at Canon are pulling together what is known as Project Mercury, uh, which he's taken all the sounds emitted from the Thargoid sensors and Elite, analyzed their structure, and reversed engineered his own messages, which are made up of images converted into sound. And he was trying to deliver that message to a Thargoid in game. Now it's all role play, and it looks very good in the uh, 
in, in the YouTube uh, that they've, they've posted about it. But unfortunately, it, it's a fantastic little bit of role play. And I think they're hoping that Frontier might take notice and, and just, you know, give them a little bit of a breadcrumb or something like that for their work. Because we know at the, at the moment, technically, the only interaction we've really got with Thargoid so far we discovered involves guns. Well, that's what we were talking. We were talking about that briefly last week, if I remember correctly. Yep, we were. Yeah. Good. Hey, I, 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 and I've slept. Remembering things, and I've slept since then. So yay. It, it does kind of open the question: Is what if they have just insulted the Thargoid mother or something, and they've actually made it worse? So basically, you're saying we're now we're now around the the uh, the conference table, telling someone in bejeweled battle shots to take back that thing they said about their mother. Exactly. Mm. Well, someone feeds small dogs. <laughs> right. So the third episode of the Sagittarius Eye is now out, and Lave Radio has got an advert on the inside cover of that, if I remember correctly. We do. And. There is also a really, really great article by that's been uh, collated a whole load of information from loads of different commanders about Raxlaw, which was a really nice read. Um, so, as ever, it's brilliantly put together. Yes, yeah, very, very professional laid out. They always, they always yeah. make a lot of effort, and and the, as as usual, the 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 content throughout the entire thing is is well worth a, a good ten fifteen minutes. They they do really do good articles on the Sagittarius Eye. Yeah, they definitely do. It's, it's it's well worth a read. So I've actually I've just noticed that we have a second doctor in the channel this evening. Uh, we've got Doctor uh, the the trucker, Doctor Eros Maidlung, is here and he's in our Twitch channel as well. And he's gone off and done a second video on the physics of Elite Dangerous, which this time's all about gravity and planets and. Once again, left me feeling very, very thick and stupid. Yeah, can can people stop making us thick, feel thick? Because basically, it's it's bad enough thinking that we're thick and then finding out that we actually are. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of feeling stupid, guys. I mean, yeah, they're cool videos, but come on, I play Elite Dangerous. I'm an intelligent monkey. Hey, I, I just love actually seeing as Eros is in the in the channel. Is that actually your whiteboard drawings showing the Roche limits and things like that? Because uh, it was, it, I loved it and I loved that whole stuff that you did there. It's really great, uh, and it was. I, I actually, I'm not going to say that I completely and utterly understood it all, but I understood most of it. That it made sense to me at least. Oh. And apparently Eros didn't square one of the numbers. Ooh. But of course that is intentional. There's an intelligence <laughs> test to see who notices it. <laughs> Obviously. Yes, definitely. Right. Did did anyone get the impression of Sheldon after he after uh, Dr. Stephen Hawkins pointed out he made a boo boo? <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking as well. I'm gonna get slapped for that. Boo boos was when you accidentally didn't make it to the toilet in time. Or is that just the level of our intelligence? I think that's the uh, level of your intelligence, Ben. Yeah, I think that says more about you than everybody else, Ben. Uh, 
Right, and Shen, do you want to talk to us about the Basilisk kill? Yes, I was sort of surfing uh, YouTube the other day, and I came across a video um, which shows uh, two commanders, a Commander Tainted Wanderer and the Commander CNC Master. They took an hour to take down a Basilisk with just the, just the two of them. And it was quite impressive pieces of flying and uh, strategies they used, actually. And uh, they have described the fight as downright incredible. And it was it was good to watch, actually. It was quite fun. So they can be killed uh, with two or more players. Oh. Were those players very, very heavily engineered? Uh, one of them had a Corvette and one of them had a Cutter, and they both looked engineered. Uh, yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it does. It does feel like you need some seriously engineered ships in order to even come close. I mean, what, what they, yeah, they did have to go back and rearm a few times because they were running out of missiles and ammunition to try and take it down. But they, uh, but to be able to do the fight and uh, not lose the instance, I think was uh, w w was a credit to them as well. So what was happening? They they were. One would still stay with the Thargoids, while the other one would go up and rearm and come back again. Yes, because there, wow. you can't carry enough ammunition um, in your missiles to kill a basilisk uh, with just two of you. You have to rearm at some point in time. Jeez. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that one up because that, that sounds impressive. Hey, Why the only one thinking about noping the hell out of this with the Thargoids now? About watting out of it? Noping the hell out. As in just nope and just get out of there? Yeah. No, I kind of think that. It's like, you know, I don't want to go and hurt the Thargoid jet there. Yeah, I'm kind of bored of poking him now. <laughs> it's not even me who's been poking him. It's everyone else. I'm try, just watching. Try blowing them up in solo. That's real fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll just watch your YouTube videos for that. What have they done to you? I think we should sentence Toxic to try and take on a Thargoid in a Sidewinder. Oi, no, no, someone already we, we need We need some entertainment. Well, Toxic already always... told me last week to do the Orange Sidewinder. Well, Toxic is always boasting. Yeah, Toxic is always boasting about his Beluga piloting skills. So I think he should try and take one down in a Beluga. It's solo, and it has been done, so... You can engineer the damn thing, then. Quite probably. Anyway, Grant, I believe you're in the room now. Yes, or not? Yes. No, 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 no. it wasn't. Yes. That. I, I was just yes. unmuting myself for a change. Okay. Uh, so how you been, buddy? We've missed you. Oh, uh, yeah, it's been all right. Just, you know, the usual kind of difficulties. <laughs> That's about it. Um, oh, everything's all good, though. Uh, yeah, which is uh, one of those awkward timing things tonight and uh, just generally added into the fact that I'm... <laughs> have my phone on silent in the office and I'm not in the office. Now, that was just not a good thing to do tonight. <laughs> Otherwise, I might have caught you and then gone, it's okay, Ben, I'll be there. I'll be there. Just give me five minutes. But, um, yeah, it's been a, a, an interesting week. Uh, there's been lots of pizza meets for truckers. That was quite cool to see. I don't know if you, you weren't at them. When Colin, you were at the Hammers of Slough one, weren't you? And uh, truckers. Yes, yes, I was. I, I met Mr. Mr. Midden, uh, a lot of the other truckers, uh, Mr. Winnard, shouty man. Uh, and uh, yes, we all had a vast amount of pizza 
uh, and and basically retired to the uh, Premier Inn to play a couple of games of the Elite Dangerous Miniatures. It turns out that the bar owner uh, in the Premier Inn, uh, he's an Elite Dangerous player himself and gave us a sign and a 20% discount if you'd actually managed to claim in-game that you'd be reached a certain rank in CQC. How are you proving this? Um, I think he just took our word for it. Well, if you want to play CQC, there's always the CQC Discord, which is in the show notes, and we are getting more people joining the Discord every day, uh, and so numbers are swelling, and you get a better chance of getting a game these days. Pluggy McPlug Plug. Hey, yes. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. I, I thought Where that was Pluggy McPlug Face, but never mind. <laughs> find this this cqc discord channel you will find it in the show notes ben oh it doesn't have a tiny url to get there uh, in the show notes there is and in last week's show notes as well and, and, the, week show notes. and the week before that and probably next well, week's the, the url for that would be discord.me slash elite dangerous cqc or one word that's right Discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC if you want to join them there. That's what I was trying to get off you, Colin, but God, you had to work for it, didn't I? Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, you've been up to Toxic. Uh, same old, same old. Um, yeah, just same old, same old. Moving white goods about again, um, moving furniture. I've been doing more passenger anything exciting in game. More passenger missions. <laughs> well, by by that you mean slaving. Uh, slaving? No, passenger missions. No, honest passengers, and then they're not coming out of the at the other end as animal uh, product, animal food, or fertilizer, or something like that. Bioways. Only if they only if they leave the ship before they get to the station. Fair enough then. So, what about if you, Shan? The step before I get, if they leave my ship before I get to the station, fair game. Um, well, out of game, I've been helping Mrs. Shan trace her family tree, and we are now officially back to 871 AD. She's managed wow. to trace it back. Trace it back to. Um, so yes, great deal Anybody of reading. Uh, Alfred the Great. You're a direct line descendant of Alfred the Great. She is, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's, yeah. How's the cooking cakes? Um, better than dodging arrows. Um, Isn't that Harold? Oh, it's Harold, yeah. See what I know, doesn't it? Yeah, but anyway, that's, yeah. So, once apparently, once you get into, once you trace it back a certain way to certain people, because they're generally historical base, it becomes a lot easier to go, to go back, apparently. Um, but yes, that's thanks, Simon. And in game, I have been continuing my science on NPC crew members. Oh God, I feel sorry <laughs> for them already. <laughs> well, how are the results looking for that, or can you not say yet? Well, I will, I will, I'll give people an idea of the depth of my science with NPC crew. In that, so far, the data is pointing to if you have an NPC crew member with an English accent. He is a better pilot than an NPC crew member with an American accent. 
Okay. Um, are you quite sure there's not any kind of racial bias there? Because um, I must admit, I do feel more reassured when I hear an, a, a British accent over an airline cockpit coming out of the airline cockpit. I hear an American accent coming out of an airline cockpit. I think we're about to go barnstorming. Well, the, the, the time to kill for an English accent pilot is greater than an American pilot time to kill. And the number of ships lost to an American pilot um, due to friendly fire joke, um, sorry, is, um, is greater. So yeah, it's, so far the results are pointing to if you get a English-accented NPC crew pilot, you are better off. So, Colin, how do you feel about Dutch-accented airline pilots? Well, we all know that the Dutch accent, the Dutch accent airline pilots that we know of are among some of the best in the world. <laughs> you creep! <laughs> <laughs> no, because <laughs> he's taller than me, and I got a sneaking suspicion he punches harder than me. Yeah, but I bet you run faster than him, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but he's got super long legs, he doesn't have to run fast. He just walks away, yeah, fair enough. Right, D who made comments about Dr. Kai updating ED Profiler? That would be me. What's happening with that then, Colin? Well, there's a brand new version of Dr. Kai's fantastic um, resolution switcher, which allows you to be able to switch between your 3D resolution and your 2D resolution at a flick of a switch. Um, he also has put in a new chat logger, so you're actually able to review chat that you've made with people as, uh, as it happens. Uh, so basically you can go through the chat logs out of game and see what people actually said. Um, it's it's available for free now uh, at the uh, at www.drkai that's k-a-i-i dot com slash tools slash edprofiler Oh and in addition to this um, for all of you, you probably already know this but there's a new version of voice attack being released as well. Oh, when was that? I know that we were in beta. What's what's happened in Voice Attack then? When did this come out? Uh, it came out within the last couple of days. I mean, I've yet to download it and try it out myself, but it's been a while since I've been using Voice Attack, mostly because uh, uh, I haven't been in the VR environments for for quite a while. Although that's probably going to change now that I've broken my ED tracker. <laughs> oh no! How did you break an ED tracker? Um. I basically pulled the cable out, and most of the ED tracker came out with the cable. Oh. That's not very good. Is it fixable? Uh, I don't think so. I've got a wired one here that I don't use. I could donate to you at the next LaveCon. Well, I might take you up on that. Right. Guys, before we dive into the interview, does anybody have anything else they're wanting to add in quickly? I'm going to oh, take this as a note. We'll play a couple of adverts because uh, you know we we people are appreciating us having them back in again, and then we will. I'll we'll go into the interview then. I could murder a cup of tea, Yorkshire Gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave radio, 
Broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonia 5000, you can honk and go, go, go! Gee, thanks, mister! No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonia 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous stargirl face. He's only a drug. Hi. I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leestee to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard working blue collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts, and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Fly safe and enjoy the show. And we're back. So I'll give a quick intro to the uh, interview and some context. Uh, Sandro very kindly uh, agreed to answer um, questions from Ben and myself uh, yesterday afternoon. So what you'll be listening to is a pre-recorded interview. Um, it's going to be just over an hour and ten minutes. Um, so I think the best thing to do is just play it, really, Ben. Today we're lucky enough to be joined by Frontier's mouthpiece for the Space Loach, the legendary and infamous Sandro Samarco. 
Welcome to the show, guys. Uh, hi. Right, our first question, Sandy, isn't actually directly related to Crime and Punishment, but seeing you recently on the stream, there's been a wee bit of concerns about your remarkable weight loss, and <laughs> people are wondering, are you okay? Has the Space Loach been feasting on you? What's going off? The Space Loach is always feasting uh, on me, I suspect, on my brain, but no, I am, I am as far as I'm aware, okay. I've just decided to be a little less greedy for a little while. I'm sure that will uh, will soon change. You're not you're going for an all gin diet or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, liquid lunch. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with a bit of Hendrix. <laughs> not the gin coopers then. <laughs> so, so I guess Christmas time will be the test. Will he balloon back out again at Christmas time? Oh yeah, no, that's going to be that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, hopefully not, but you never know. Oh, that's good to know. As I say, there's quite a few comments like Sandra, okay, which is <laughs> nice to know, isn't it? Well, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm actually quite happy with that at the moment. Speaking as a straight man, you're looking remarkable, Sandy. Wow, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, how can I say that without sounding... Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Yeah, so before we, we, before we dive in, um, Sandra, I just want to uh, put a little, not a disclaimer, but really, uh, I just want to say to the listeners is that we on the stream fully recognise that this is a snapshot of your current thinking and anything that's said here is necessarily going to be in the game or as described. So it's very much of a early access design. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because it, it, that is absolutely the case. Uh, we're, we're looking, in, we're, we're working on stuff, we're investigating, but the whole idea of the, um, the, the focus feedback for the Beyond updates is to kind of get everyone in a little early, just pull back the curtain a little bit to see what's uh, going on. Well, that's, that's cool. So the first sort of question we have really was, um, well, it's one of mine, I'll confess. And whenever I'm talking to customers or I'm going in somewhere, I like to know a bit about the thought process behind what's been asked to done. So what's the, what's the philosophy? What are you trying to get out mm-hmm. of it? So the first question is related to that is, what actually is your philosophy behind the crime punishment design? Now, you mentioned it was to keep it simple, which is great. But I'd like to ask a little bit more detail to ask, well, is it to prevent certain sorts of play? Um, If so, you know, what are you trying to prevent? Is it to to discourage other sorts of play, bring people back to open or to improve being a criminal? Right. That's a a really good question. Um, And the answer is actually pretty straightforward. Um, There there are two reasons. One clearly is the legibility and the simplicity. We like the crime system, but it's it's a little bit complicated. It's got a lot of states that crimes can be in various fines, bounties, legacy fines, legacy bounties, Pilots Federation bounties. There's a lot of stuff there which we feel that there might be a more elegant way of, of getting across the same results. Because the idea here isn't to reinvent the wheel. The whole jurisdictional criminal uh, gameplay that we've got with in, in Elite Dangerous, we, we like it. It's it's quite unique in terms of the fact that you can be a criminal in a certain area and then potentially a hero somewhere else. It's not There's not a blanket ruling of, as to whether you're a criminal or not. But the, the big one, really, it's really, really quite straightforward. We just want there to be the consequences that are kind of embedded in the current system, we want to shore, shore them up so it's harder to avoid them. That's really the, the main thing that, that this system uh, attempts to do, is to make sure that there are the consequences that are always kind of hinted at, even in the current system, whether it's credit penalties and respawning penalties or whatever. We, we just want to make sure that it's, we think we, this system makes it more robust. So you could, you could say that the design philosophy is to make sure that criminal, criminality crime has consequences. It's not to discourage, particularly, any form of 
gameplay, whether it's criminal or legal, or encourage or anything like that, which is why the system in many ways is, is still very similar to what is in the current live build. It's just kind of hopefully to make that system better, to make it more legible, more simple, and also more robust. So really, that, that's, that's always been our design philosophy with this, this kind of suite of changes that, that we're looking at. I'm obviously, you know, we can argue about how well it will achieve that, how well it can succeed. But that—that's the—that's—that's that's been the uh, uh, guiding principle behind these changes. So, would you be fair to say, are you sort of trying to please everyone, or is there a a recognition you can't possibly please everyone? So. We'll just do our best and see how it goes, sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I, I think um, Elite is multifaceted, and that's great. Obviously, the, the the cost there is that you get a lot of different opinions on what should happen and you know, what people should get. And it is pretty difficult to try and please everyone. So what we're really focusing on, actually, is looking at the rules and making sure that they're working as best as they can the way that we intended them to work. So again, it's like, you know, if people, that's not to say that everyone should say, oh, that's the right way of doing it. There are many ways of uh, skinning this cat, but it's what, what we're trying to do is make sure that these changes are supporting our original intention, if that makes sense. So you know, it was always intended for there to be consequences for criminality. It wasn't intended to be that every every role is always going to be completely equal in terms of challenge. Uh, we want to make all the roles as fun as possible, but it's, you know, this this isn't about that. This is actually about looking at some of the consequences that we had embedded in the current crime system and going, you know what, it's not worked out as well as it could. There are too many ways to defer some of the consequences or just to avoid them completely. And uh, the, the joy of, of hindsight is that we get to see that and look and look at ways of, of imagining how we could change the rules so that those consequences come back into force. We certainly don't have an agenda to discourage criminality. So I've seen on the forums, on the, on the focus forums, it's interesting, they're, they're, some of the worries have been that, well, you're, you're attacking criminals. So my response to that at the moment will be, well, we're not attacking them any more than we have been in the past. It's just that we want to make sure that consequences stick. So you could argue that criminals have had it too easy. So, uh, you know, and they, they basically virtually never or it's very it's been very easy for them to avoid the consequences. And so what we're saying here is, is that we want to kind of make that a little, little, a little less likely that if you are a criminal and you do fall foul of the gameplay that criminals face, i.e. bounties and getting caught, that you then have to pay for the pay, pay your dues. So that's really that's kind of I think that hopefully that that makes it reasonably clear what we're trying to achieve with these changes. Right. So how would you define success then in an empirical way with that would it be sort of you know the the criminals accepting the consequences and paying the fines or doing the time and things like that yeah so so empirical success for for us i think would be reasonably straightforward although you know again are we going to achieve it well that's only time will tell if if we actually move forward and implement these rules it would be that criminals still exist they still apply their trade, and they accept that the they accept the consequences um, that that are there for criminal activities. Now, obviously, I'm I'm saying this with the caveat that there are some other elements like combat logging and possibly even ramming, which will still need to be addressed, and they'll they will have to be addressed with their own almost certainly with their own little systems to look at them, whether it's some form of karma, um, which we're also looking at, or or something else. So, you know, I, I, it's we're fully aware that there are some issues this can't solve because no gameplay mechanics can really 
can really solve those issues if they're other than looking at trends and looking at behaviors and making doing some sort of analysis and that's a more long-term thing but um yeah so empirical success for us would be there are still criminals but everyone and but there are consequences and people feel that there's some amount of equality is the wrong word but there's some amount of consequence and people accept that there's consequence and they don't mind taking that on because fundamentally that would be good because fundamentally we do think at a very basic level that these changes internally that these changes overall represent an improvement so even even regardless of uh, the feedback that comes in the baseline that we that we're running off at the moment is we think these we do think these are better for the game we think these address some issues the good news is that i mean that's that's it's great that's what all the, that's what the good news is about getting all this feedback is that that can be challenged you know, people can tell, can tell us um, about issues that we may not have caught because it is such a multifaceted game so that's great and the, we're going through that and the feedback's been wonderful so far and the format seems to be holding up quite well so it's it's all good in that sense you know hopefully at the very least whatever happens it, it will be an improvement for the game so the rumor that you measure things in forum salt generated per hour <laughs> I don't even have a, a good eye for um, levels of uh, of salt um, anymore. Um, I, I've, I've got I have too much on my plate, unfortunately, to to look at that. As far as I'm concerned, in the in the focused uh, feedback forum, uh, I'm very pleased in that the well, I mean, that's specifically that's why we've got some rather draconian draconian and different rules that, to the normal than to the normal forum areas. In that we don't want it to become circular or argumentative or even much of a debate in the sticky threads. That's not to say that we want to shut down debate. That's why everyone can, everyone can post whatever they want in the general focus feedback area. But the sticky threads are literally, it's us saying to you, talk to us. Talk to us directly. You don't have to worry about what anyone else thinks. Your Everyone's opinion is important. Um, so if you're on Reddit and you've got great ideas or big worries, then it's great. We do try and frequent Reddit, but it, it's, it's just difficult for us to gather all that feedback. What we hope we're offering with the focus feedback area is... A direct conduit to to development and specifically to design. So I would urge and uh, exhort people to get in there and um, and don't worry about what other people think and just put their issues in. I mean, obviously they ought to read. Everyone ought to read what's in the sticky threads because the less duplication, the better. But the good news is because there's less debate and argument arguments um, on those threads, they're easy to read. They're they're just smaller in size. So have a read of them. Have a have a read of the proposal and and tell us your thoughts in the sticky thread. I mean that's. That's exactly what they're, they're there for. So, so far, it's, it's, it's been really good and very positive. So um, I'm hoping that continues. So how far along or how close do you think you are for meeting your objectives at a design level? Because obviously we're not talking about implementation or coding or anything like that. But in terms of the process of um, asking for feedback yeah. and designing, do you feel as though you're almost there? Or you yeah, well, you've got uh, a long in, way to go? in fairness, uh, I feel that we've kind of already kind of uh, uh, moved beyond what, the, the, the minimum level of success and that there's been a stack of good feedback and it's challenged a lot of our ideas and offered lots of cool suggestions um, and you know it's already in my opinion it's already paying its its way so it is it's very good and we're, we're already looking at it like I say if we do move forward with these plans and um, which is looking quite likely but not guaranteed uh, there's already there's already various changes that we're looking at in terms of uh, how the bounty systems work uh, how, the, how the respawning works you know the, the kind of equity between the perpetrator and the victim and this is all stuff that's come from from feedback right so this is all stuff that we probably would have missed um if uh, if we if it wasn't on the forum so yes there is an outlay in in doing this but i'm hoping we're all hoping that that outlay will more than pay for itself uh, be paid for by the quality of feedback and also hopefully 
it's you know hopefully it's it's good to people get a, they do get a little bit of a look behind the curtain again. I mean that's it's cool. I think I hope they get to they get to kind of talk to us directly again. As I've said before, in various times that we've been on forums on, on social media, the access that people get here is pretty direct. It's not it's, there's no spin. I mean. I'm crap at spinning. So, I, you know, I, I'm the lead designer. Uh, if I start lying, everyone will probably see it anyway. So it's best just to be quite honest. And I hope people appreciate the fact that we are being very as forthright as we can be. Um, and when we can't say things, normally it's because we don't want to spoil a surprise or because there are just issues which on a company level we can't talk about. Other than that, we're being as open as possible. So I, I would think that it's we've already, we've already made great progress. I, I suspect that with this uh, particular topic, it might run for another week or so, and maybe there'll be another live stream or, or some other communication with with everyone. Um, but it's it's already it's already good. Obviously, realizing no ETA, no guarantee. Do you think <laughs> that these changes will be phased in all at once? Or is it going to be over like the course of beyond that we'll see these things coming in? So in this particular example, and obviously with the caveat of no ETAs and no guarantee, if we go with it, it's likely to come in in one big lump because it doesn't make much sense to phase phase it in. Um, anyway, you slice it, it's a reasonably significant over, overhaul in terms of direct mechanics, if not in terms of the principle. I mean, the principles actually remain strikingly similar to what we've got now, but the mechanics are quite different in some aspects uh it would be very problematic to not get most of it in in one go so i would suggest that if this happens it's going to be in the in the, in the quarter one update so it'll be rolling in the same time that oh the atr oh gosh yes yeah so the atr is like the unsung one of the unsung heroes of this system because it's part of the gameplay side as to why people would face and suffer these consequences well, part of the, the answer to that is um, ATR, which uh, I'm seeing lots of bravado and braggadocio on <laughs> on various uh, social media saying, oh, these ATR, they can't, they're not going to be up to much. I'll always be able to get away or kill them. It's like, well, if you play the game fairly, that's open to debate. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that that's not going to be true for everyone. Although it's worth pointing out that the ATR isn't there just to punish people or we don't want to drive criminals away from the game. We just want to make sure there is a suitable consequence. So the more villainous you act, the more likely you are to be moved along or threatened by these uh, these advanced tactical responders. So it, it, you know, they are superpowered, but they're not superpowered to insta-kill people. They're superpowered to the level of, of being a threat to top-end engineered ships. You know, I have to admit, I think I speak for all of us that we really hope that they, they will be able to pull it off because in the nicest way, you know, I know like, oh, Sarah Avery was saying, you know, you really need to be afraid of even an elite sidewinder. And yes, they're tough, but they ain't that tough. Well, no, absolutely. The linchpin point there is uh, engineering. In uh, I- I- elite ships are very accurate. They are very dangerous, but they have limitations, right? They 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 they're like the Agent Smith in the Matrix. They 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 can bend the rules, but they can't. They don't break them. So if you've got a fully engineered ship, there's you know, there's limits to what they can do, and that really is where the ATR squads uh, are going to come in because they have access to the same tools that the players have access to, uh, and in some cases um, they can push the numbers a little bit further. You know, if you imagine what a, a fully engineered human ship can do, then that is a base level for what the ATR can do. So. Is the idea to have it scale according to the number of naughty ships that are in that particular instance? Because are you scaling so one ATR ship equals one super-engineered human ship? Because, I mean, I watch a lot of streams, and very often you'll get a wing of players attacking a single player. And, and they alpha-strike the, them, right? 
That's right. And, and yeah. it's just bang. And- so um, with the ATR ships, it's a bit of a lopsided balance in, in terms of damage output. We, we're making sure that they're not insta-killing people. Um, but in terms of survivability, um, we're pushing it a little bit further. And uh, obviously, ATR have the ability to arrive on mass as well. They normally would be arriving to take out specific individuals that have very high bounties or very persistent criminals. Um, but they are fully capable of defending themselves and according reinforcements. So if you imagine they're just they're just the top the top end of the authority response. Again, we don't want to make this thing where they arrive and just insta kill people. That's that's not the intention. Uh, the intention is that when they arrive, you have to start considering um, your options reasonably rapidly because they're they're not going to give up. What that actually reminded me of was a system back in Age of Conan, and they had a very similar concept, was if you killed a player in the in sight of a guard, the guard would then come over and kill you. And these guards were super tough, you know, they were like epic mm. bosses. And it then became a challenge for sure. to kill the, the guards. And then what would happen is the guard would die, it would have a finite respawn time, and then, then go back and kill the player. So it was kind of like, we'll clear the cops out first, and then we'll go and attack. And it became yeah. a, a challenge so- thing to them. So it won't be. This is not the way that um, uh, the ATAR respond. Uh, they respond as normal police in terms of once they're called, they are on scene and they will keep being on scene. So yeah, you, sure, you can try and kill them. And uh, I'm not going to say that it won't be impossible, um, especially in the um, the, uh, the first ships maybe that arrive. But they will just keep coming. Okay, this, this isn't. They are not there to provide anything more than an arbitrary initial challenge. They are there to move you along or threaten um, ship destruction, and that, that's their purpose. Which is why we're bending their numbers more than we than we allow for players. It's why we will give them potentially give them munitions that players just don't have access to. They have access to in terms of the effects that are available, but not in terms of the weapons that they can be attached to. So, you know, drag munitions and um, uh, the, the munitions that, that disable your frameshift drive. They're, they're torpedoes. They're actually quite hard to use. But I think you can probably imagine if they were on a, a beam laser or a pulse laser, it would be a little bit of a different story. So there are, they're there for very, luckily for us, they're there for a very specific reason. So it makes it a little bit easier for us to um, to balance them because they're they're not part of the standard challenge structure. They're there, they're there of this kind of um, endpoint structure of crime now needs to end in this in this instance. People need to move on. And it's a case of, can you get away? Fine. Or do you want to stay? How long do you want to stay? It's going to end in you being destroyed in the end. So it's always a case of moving on. And, and you know, all, all the way through to, can you get away? Possibly you might end up dying anyway, right? The, the, a lot of the consequences, they rely on your ship dying to trigger that. So we have to make sure that your ship is at risk. Sorry, will they follow you to a system within the same jurisdiction? So they'll they'll use, they'll probably, almost certainly actually use standard police rules. So uh, they... It should be possible to escape them within a system. However, we are looking at ways in which that they can um, get into the spawn system, the spawning uh, population management of a system, because we are quite interested in the concept of once you've been really naughty in a system, um, you are going to be. At a, we want you to be at a high level of risk until things are cooled down. So. We're still looking at that, but the idea is that, yeah, it's possible that you might not be as safe as you think in a system. But again, I don't want it to come across like that we're, this is us versus the players in terms of criminals. That's not, that's really not the case. It's just a, a saying there are consequences and ATR are, are part of that con- that consequence. I think yeah. a lot of players will see them as a challenge, actually. Well, they, they will initially, that's for sure. We'll see how that, well that works out for them 
over the longer term. <laughs> so uh, it should be interesting, if nothing else. I mean, ATR are definitely coming. So they're coming anyway. If they Because they're, they're, they're useful for crime and punishment, full stop. It just happens that because the principles of the new system and the current system actually are still aligned, they will work with both. I have to admit that I'm really looking forward to seeing the ATR. I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of beta with this, and I'm looking forward to rolling out Naughty Aid, who gets to take try and take on these ATR, because it's going to be so much fun. It should be very interesting, and we absolutely we, we need this testing, because uh, there's only so much internal testing we can do. So, uh, yeah, we're going to need people to take, take um, the ATR on, and um, that will help us do the final balancing passes on them, absolutely for sure. <laughs> See, if that was me doing the beta, I'd turn the difficulty right down in the beta and get people cocky. <laughs> oh, that's just harsh. No, no, we don't We don't want to do that. Oh, cruel and possibly very fun. But uh, yeah, we'll be uh, being a little bit more transparent. Okay, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to them. It, it'll, it'll be fun watching the streams, I think, when they come. Yeah, so, it'll be interesting. So, so going on to go, going on to historically, and I've kind of picked up on a theme on this one, is that do you think um, certain ways the players have played the game in the past has been harmful to both the community and indeed player numbers who still play or want to buy the game? Hmm. So how do you think these measures and these changes will improve it? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, so it's a bit of a conundrum, okay, just being, being absolutely honest. One of the things that we've always been very keen, one of the elements and principles we've always been very keen on in the league is keeping it open to um, player interpretation, play the game how you want to play the game. That's not to say there are no consequences. There are no, you know, there are there are rules. If you are going to do act in a certain way, the game will respond to that in as, as best we can we can manage contextually and in terms of um, mechanics. But as a straight question, are there are there certain ways that players can play the game that has been that is harmful to the community? Well, yeah, absolutely. You can. I, there's no way of getting around that if you're if you're prepared to just constantly attack people for no reason um we kind of have to allow it to various degrees because if we didn't we'd be really shutting off lots of avenues for legitimate players um, and and de-, de facto that means that you can upset other people in open um some people you know everyone reacts very differently to these kind of interactions we try to avoid judging too much because we want people to enjoy the game the way they want to. But we also want have to stress that it's a kind of covenant that you do kind of join when you play our game, is that you, you have to abide by our rules, which is in a roundabout way, it gets us to where we are now, which is we do think that this will help. That's our current, I mean, we wouldn't be doing it um, if we didn't think it was going to help. We accept it's not the whole picture. We accept that there are still ways that players can be, you know, a little bit douchey um that, that, that it's difficult for us to lock down without effectively locking up the game too tight for everyone to enjoy that's a balance that frankly we're going to be challenged by and trying to deal with whilst the game runs as an ongoing concern it just that is the nature of the beast to some degree but yeah um we get a lot of people saying on the forums that credits have no you know no meaning as a form of punishment as an example and then there are two parts to this. One is that, well, for sure, to some degree, that's because people have been avoiding paying credit costs. <laughs> you know, if, if you never have to pay a big rebuy costs, then the big rebuy costs don't affect you. Um, this system makes it more likely that if you are caught, you will have to pay those rebuy costs. And uh, the second part is that there simply aren't the number of super rich players that people imagine there to be in much the same way um, that I have to say 
the perception of, for example, being ganked in Elite is clearly bigger than the reality. Um, it's a, a gigantic one-to-one galaxy. And there are a lot of players, but I'm fairly confident the space is even bigger. And uh, whenever you talk directly to a particular player or player groups, the feedback that we've always had is is pretty much the same. It, it's, well, I, I haven't experienced this uh, as much as everyone keeps saying, but the perception's there, right? Because it could happen. It's kind of like a dice roll, you know? You you, you don't get a 20 very often on a, on a D20, but you, the, you can get it. And because you can get it, people can be worried by that result. I don't want to in any way try and undermine the validity of the concerns. They're very real concerns, but they're not, it's, it's not completely borne out with the data. And the same goes for money. There are some players that have got billions of credits, but not as many as people think. And rebuy costs, if you're forced to pay, pay for them. And especially if the rebuy costs go up, because the bounty system that we're looking at here probably will increase the um, bounties and therefore the rebuy costs, then one definite way to affect someone that's got lots of money is by taking it away from them piecemeal. And it's it does eventually have an effect. Yeah, it's interesting you said about the, the, the credits because mm. uh, it was my question you originally answered on the forum. And I went away and thought about it. And I thought, well, it's not just the size of the bucket of the pool of credits. It's the rate in which the bucket is filled. Absolutely. And there are ways so, to make lots of money in the game. Um, but every time that someone's doing that, then... It, again, then it's more of a time sink in a game like Elite. That's all, pretty much the only kind of consequences that mean anything are things like your res- your resources and the time it takes to get those resources. Right? I mean, that's fundamentally what consequence has to mean at some point. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing some math based on. I haven't seen the numbers for the fines and stuff, so hmm. I was using current ones. So, if, if I do, for example, the Palin missions for an hour, hmm. and that gets me about a hundred million credits, if you yeah, I haven't I haven't got that mind much grind set, but it gives you 100 million credits. If I'm out in my combat third lance, that's a five minute, five million rebuy. So in an hour, I can ruin 20 people's day before I actually start having lost anything. Sure. So there are two ways of looking at that, though. Um, one is um, it's going to impact you. It's still going to impact you because you are going to run out of money. And that's assuming the five million, five million rebuy isn't then buffed up by additional penalties, which, you know, in fairness, it probably will be. And so, again, it's this isn't about a panacea. It's about working towards improvements. Uh, and that's not just that. It's also, OK, so when you die, you're not going to spawn where you thought you were going to spawn. And that's, that's, now you've got a time penalty. So you, you've got to now get back to where you were. And it's not a giant penalty, but it all adds up. And that's the only way that we really, I mean, that's the way that we, we have to work with uh, Elite is that it's a, it is a big, uh, complicated game. And we just make improvements as and when we can. So, yeah, it's it's we could be totally harsh and we could say, well, you know, the rebuy is your entire ship cost and we can do all these things. But again, what we're not saying is that is that criminality shouldn't uh, shouldn't be possible. And that's not to say that we're not looking also at, at other systems like karma. So, you know, it, it's a it's a reasonably interesting and complex situation. And the way we look at it is that we want to make solid gains because, like I say, at the moment, the way we see it, there isn't a panacea whilst keeping the game as open as, as we'd like it to be. That's one of the reasons why we've got private groups and solo mode, because if, if it really is that much of an issue and you don't want to be part of this semi-consensual PvP environment, we give the op- we give you the option very easily at any time to opt out of it. So, so we prefer people to be not- in open. Um, don't, don't get me wrong; we would, we would prefer that, but we have to accept that it's not for everyone, and people have different levels of tolerance as to what they're prepared to accept. For example, I don't mind losing my ship over and over, 
Uh, and not because I've got access to the admin tools, um, but because uh, I have to be quite tolerant personally about um, loss to uh, the hands of other players. And uh, I, I understand I'm not a particularly great player and the, it's a risk I take. I also think it's completely fair that some players just don't have that tolerance. And for those players, they have to they have to judge it by their own metric. And whether that means that they don't want to engage in open, that's completely valid. We All we can do is look at the game rules and try and make them apply consistently apply logically and be as fair as we can make it. So just wondering, can you explain how the new bounty hunting mechanic could work? What's going to stop people from kill trading or even selling their bounty for outside of game currencies? Uh, the same mechanic that is already in force, uh, in force, which is we have access to the bounty that's claimed and the bounty that becomes cost on rebuy as two separate values. So at the moment, you've got a million credits per a bounty per faction as a top end bounty. And that might that might go up because we want to incentivize bounty hunting uh, to some degree. But I can guarantee you that the amount that the perpetrator has to pay when they're when they're brought to justice will be a lot more than that. Um, it can be you know a, a, a magnificently larger amount. So uh, because we're fully aware, and this is again, it comes down to how, how do you treat people, how how open and free do you make it? We we have to walk this. We have to walk this kind of fine balance between kind of giving people the, the means to say, I can make a living from bounty hunting, but and at the same time say uh, criminality has consequences that are uh, to some degree meaningful, which would, would mean incurred, incurring greater costs. But finally, trying to avoid the situation where, you know, you get a grey market of people selling bounties. So it's it's a challenge, absolutely. And it's, it comes down to number balancing. But we, luckily, we do have, we already have the concept of, what you what someone claims and what you pay are two separate values. So it's it's not a giant stretch of the imagination to to to, to, to suppose that the bounties might go up by some amount, whether it's a couple of million, five million, ten million. That's completely balanceable. But it's almost certain that the what you pay when you respawn, not only will you be guaranteed that you have to pay your rebuy cost. So on large ships, you know that isn't it becomes non-trivial. We can attach an, an almost arbitrary additional value to it, and that's like uh, one of the things that we've some of the feedback we've seen that it's really caught our eye. I think we've looked at it before, maybe, but in hindsight and with the feedback and in concert with the the system that we're looking at now, the concept of reducing the rebuy cost for the victim by some fraction and adding that at the point that the crime is committed as an additional cost that the perpetrator has to pay should they be brought to justice is we find that quite compelling at the moment i'm not saying that we can do it but it's definitely got merit it's got a lot of merit there's a some almost sense of justice it feels like in, in that so that's something that we're actually looking at at the moment um, to see, you know, what might that mean? And that doesn't mean to say that bounty hunters will get all of that. With bounty hunters, the question's a little bit different. With bounty hunters, we just want to make sure that you can make a living out of it. It doesn't have to tie into exactly what someone's worth. What it should tie into is, is this reasonably profitable for the enterprise that it is for me? So there's, there's a lot of kind of semi-orthogonal challenges that we're looking at, but we've got a lot of levers to pull, luckily, which is pretty cool. Yeah, one of the things I'm actually really interested in, but I, I play GTA Online, and mm. as people who have played with me will know I am a complete terror <laughs> in GTA. And one of the reasons why I'm a complete terror, and the friends I play with are complete terrors, is because if my car, who well, I've spent a million dollars on, is blown up, the guy who blew it up has to pay the insurance costs. So there is no consequence other than them laughing at me for being killed or losing the match or whatever it is. Mm. Um, 
I don't feel that sense of my time has been wasted or that loss has been done yeah. as an indiscriminate act. Absolutely. Uh, that, that, that feels that this whole kind of transferal of, of some of the cost of the rebuy to, as, a, as a penalty, I, I think it exactly addresses to some degree that, that feeling of justice or equity in that, fair enough, I failed, I was killed, but I know for a fact that there's this additional penalty, significant non-trivial penalty that's being applied to the, the perpetrator. So... It's very interesting. So still on the bounty subject, uh, Sandro, mm. uh, one of the questions that we were asked to ask was, will any fines or bounties now be commander-based? So, for example, interstellar bounties, or mm. will it all be ship-based? Yeah, this has been uh, an interesting bone of contention on the forums, um, and understandably so. So the way that we look at this system, actually, um, is that they probably wouldn't be. And uh, again, there are, there are two reasonably straightforward reasons for that. Uh, the first one is uh, just legibility and and elegance is that it's better to have less systems if possible if they're achieving the same goal um but the equally important reason that we're looking at at the moment and again it ties into this concept of we've picked up a bit of flack in the forums uh, by people saying well you're trying to stamp out pvp you're trying to stamp out criminality one of the big reasons why we are putting them on ships and not commanders is, is specifically because we don't want to stamp out crime or pvp combat it's another option if it's on a ship you can always store that ship. Not using that ship is a penalty in of itself because you don't get to fly with the ship and, and reap the rewards of it. Uh, you can change ships. You can, you know, you've, there, there are various ways to, to, there are various get out ways where you can defer some of the penalty without removing entirely like, like you can in the current system. And that there's really nothing more complicated to it than that. And and it's interesting, you know, that's a point of, of discussion and debate. And uh, I, I totally accept that not everyone is of, is of the opinion that that's important, as important as tying things to commanders themselves but our current thinking is that it's it's the best compromise there it's you, you know you could argue it's a little bit gamey but at the end of the day it's also a game so we're not too worried about that and things like interstellar bounties are fairly horrifying potentially in of themselves um, it's also worth noting on that point and i think i mentioned it in the live stream but it's worth reiterating the concept that we probably wouldn't need pilot federation bounties in this new system because they were introduced just as a way to ensure people couldn't really avoid the consequences of attacking other players. It's fairly clear that, well, as it can do, this system emulates that in a slightly cleaner way. I, I, I do like the idea of the interstellar bounty because, for example, if you're in imperial space, I just can't imagine the Empire letting you get away with attacking their citizens and then yeah. docking at the next Empire station. Exactly. I think, it, I mean, we've, in fairness, we've always wanted to bring, because we had them briefly, <laughs> we've always wanted to bring them back because not only do we think they're good game mechanics, we think they're good for the game in general in terms of the lore and the consistency and the legibility. It's like, absolutely, you, you want to be an infamous pirate, infamous criminal, infamous uh, murderer or whatever. It, it allows that, but it allows the consequences to ratchet up in that you are no longer safe in any imperial system if you're wanted by the empire or any federal system. So I think that, again, instead of bounties, just like the ATR, I do think they're a bit of a win-win situation. Of course, we have to balance the numbers correctly because we don't want to, uh, we don't want people getting, becoming interstellar criminals too quickly. But again, that's another point where having it be ship-based just makes, softens that blow a little bit. It takes the pressure off ever so slightly because even if you have a ship that has a, a federal interstellar bounty on it, you can get into another ship and defer that penalty at the cost of not being able to use that ship whilst you're doing so. So again, we feel that that's, a, that's pretty solid. I understand that viewpoints differ, but we, we're reasonably confident on that one, actually. At the moment, there's a fair differentiation between murdering a player mm. and murdering an NPC. And that's 
you know, as you're saying, it's, that's being diluted a wee bit. Why, why are we doing that? So there's two reasons. Well, no, I guess it's only one reason, actually. It's, it's about we feel that it would be better if the consequences for destroying a ship were uh, as similar as possible between NPC and player. We always wanted the consequences for criminality to just work, to be that's what, you know, if you commit the act of assault or murder... The, the response is this, and it doesn't really matter who you attack. Clearly, there is a difference between killing players um, and uh, killing NPCs. But the, the conceit is, the dream is that sh- the consequences should account for that. Um, and again, in no small part because of the feedback that we had with those systems. Now, I, I could argue, I could make arguments that the ship rebuy penalty um, is a little bit clunky. It does kind of do the job, but it's uh, it's this kind of slight immersion undermining system of, well, because you've attacked a player, we have to have come up with these additional conceits as to why you, you have to pay these, these, this additional money. So really, it's just a, it's a case of, again, the, more, the simpler it is, the more elegant we think it is. And it's nicer if the one system can deal with both. So yeah, we are, it is on purpose that we are kind of diluting it, or you could argue we're making um, crimes against NPCs more important. You know, that's just the other way of looking at it. Um, and again, that would be kind of correct in that we want criminality to have more consequence, not just uh, for players. It just so happens that hopefully the system will make amends towards both those, you know, both those elements. So yeah, that is, that is definitely on purpose. So the hope is, is that the changes to the the bounty and the ships and stuff like that will make up for the fact a human player can quit the game because something something's happened to them. That's the difference between an NPC and a human is the additions that you've done will, if you like, somehow compensate that feeling of disgruntlement a human player has. There are are multiple issues that we're trying to address here, but that's absolutely one of them, um, is the feeling of um, inequality, inequity on on being destroyed. Uh, And that's a very complex grey area in of itself because... You know, there are lots of arguments as to, you know, what were you doing? What what were they doing? The reasons behind it. And it, that's very, very complex. It's just psychology. It's really complex. But yeah, we, we think that the, by having a legible, elegant system or more elegant system that has more teeth. And like I say, I, I totally understand that there are still other issues that we, we're looking at. But in terms of what it can achieve by itself, we, we feel it's more robust and therefore the consequences are more, and the threat of them are more real. That you, you to some degree, assuage the, those feelings of disgruntlement without feeling like you're with completely persecuting the people that want to be criminals. That's right. So and I guess if you... It's a balancing act. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you do address the, you know, this being disgruntled and this equity feeling, you also reduce the instance of combat logging as well, which helps... Absolutely. ...down the line. Yeah, I mean, like, like I say, we want to address combat logging. That's not something that we, we, we're going to leave. It's just it's a, it's a complex, quite gnarly problem. But you're absolutely right. The more equitable people feel the game is being... Well, the less likely they're, they're going to um, quit the game or combat log or do something like that. But I mean, that's that's the hope anyway, right? I mean, that's that's what we're working towards. We Will we succeed? Will we succeed? Well, that's for everyone to judge. You know, we can't we can't tell people what they like. We can only present things and hope that they uh, that we've that we've got it close enough. Which sort of segues us nicely into the criminal aspect of the crime and punishment system, hmm. uh, particularly in the, in the question regarding consensual PvP, which I, I think is. One of the worries I see on the forum is 
it will stop consensual PVP. It will do this. It will do that. Mm. So, so the question they have is: Is there any chance of having a CQC style arena, uh, if you like, with mega ships and uh, CQC assets in an anarchy system, especially built so players can then take their ships to this area and PVP to the heart's content using their own ships well, with a yeah, mega okay. ship close by? So basically, I, I don't know if you've ever seen other MMOs like Star Wars. I think had Ilum. And it became a place where the Empire and um, rebels would fight against each other. And very often, it didn't actually have rules. You know, you, you could spend all evening fighting just to try and get to a crop of land. And that was your objective, drive the enemy off this crop of land. So mm-hmm. having something where it enables consensual PvP to create their own content in an environment everyone knows about, I think would be quite attractive. That's really interesting because it sounds like it actually needs a little bit of unpacking because fundamentally, right, that exists in the game as it stands now. We have lawless and anarchy um, systems where there are no crimes logged, so there are literally no rules. We do have um, installations that are comprised of um, CQC structures that are also in the game, uh, and some of them will be in anarchy systems. So... What we don't have, particularly, is specific context as to why people would go there. Now, whether that is whether that comes down to well, there needs to be some sort of driving context within the game law or rules. It's very much open, yeah, for for, for discussion. There's nothing stopping us doing that. And like I say, it does kind of exist. So it could just be an issue of, of legibility of making sure that people are aware that there are some fun locations that have amenities nearby where you can go and you can just get it on and fight with people. Sorry, having done sort of enjoyed similar content before, having a, a mega ship there, for example, that you can dock so you don't have to run the gauntlet getting back to the station, or even having two mega ships, you, so you then fight for control over the mega ship. And so, ah, so I, I guess that's so that's the interesting point there, though, and it is, it's a very big one, is that fighting for control of the mega ship sounds very much like um, additional arbitrary game rules. And that's not to say it's a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's a great idea. But it, it comes at, an, uh, at additional cost in terms of rules and context. If it's just present and you can fight around it, well, again, I, I suspect we probably have some examples of that in the game as it is because there are so many ships, mega ships, and this, that, and the other all over the place. And if if all it really comes down to is people saying, well, we'd love to see some mega ships in anarchies that you can dock and re- you can dock out and repair. And when, so when you die there, because there are no crimes, you'd always respawn there. That could just be a simple case of us making sure that we find some hand locations that effectively are handcrafted for it and pop a mega ship in. We can do that. And that is something we can look at. If it means something more as in, oh, we control the mega ship and there are some mechanics that apply for controlling this mega ship um, in terms of... Uh, what can be done or who can spawn or, or whatever, then that's a much more serious proposition. And again, it's not a bad idea, but it is absolutely not free in any way, shape or form. So well, I was just thinking that? of players making their own rules up. So yeah, you don't sure. have a set set of control. But as, so when I've enjoyed this sort of content before, even if it's something silly as you driving someone away from a spawn point or a house mm. or whatever it is, it's an objective. And that defending your house or whatever it is, that's that's the current point of that game becomes actually a really tangible goal that everyone kind of agrees with yeah yeah and it becomes a very dynamic experience as for context well ages need combat pilots don't they well everyone needs combat pilots no so uh, yeah absolutely it's completely valid uh and uh and and going forward it will be i mean we've got lots of things in the pot at the moment so uh there are some very there's some interesting things that we're not talking about yet which are to do with content and things for people to do so it's i i totally hear you on that one it's it's an interesting concept as well in terms of 
sometimes very cheap just asset placement can can make all the difference in terms of creating the context so yeah we, we're aware of that as well there are lots we have still have amazingly lots of irons in the fire so nothing to announce at the moment obviously but yes in answer to your question that that's it's a reasonable it's a reasonable concept after me, I never realised that we could basically go and get our PvP on in an anarchy system and I would only have to pay my rebuy cost and no one else gets any any other consequences. So, you know, I never I never knew that. Yeah, sure. I mean that that's basically what an anarchy or a lawless system is. It, it's a it's just no crime response. No crime, uh, oh, unless there's a bug, which, you know, I've, I've still got this um, interesting concept where I've, I've occasionally get people saying that police are turning up in hazardous um, resource extraction sites, which they should not be doing. Um, so we're still we're still looking at that. But again, it's a very complicated game. So to dig in exactly why that's happening is proving interesting, to say the least. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, anarchies are, I mean, there are two ways to do it. There are, anarchy is the, is the safe way and that there, there are no crimes in anarchy. So the worst that you can get is... Uh, you're paying for your rebuy cost and where you will respawn and there would be no prison ship respawning in anarchies because no crime would be committed so if there was a dockable respawn point that you docked at in the system you would always go there uh, and obviously the other thing you can do still do is uh, turn reporting crimes off um, which isn't as safe and i know there's a lot of people that are asking for a way of interrogating the, the current status of someone's um, r- report crime situation um it's we don't. We're not fundamentally against that. It's just finding the time to fit it in and getting the GUI time to sort it out. So, we already have a, a more robust way of. You can't switch, turn report crimes on and off very quickly. There's always, I think, something like a fifteen second, or, or maybe it's, maybe it's longer. There's there's a time delay when you switch, and everyone that's aware of you will be told that you're switching. But I accept that if you if you haven't switched and someone arrives, they don't know your current status. Um, so. There's there's that that we're considering. Uh, there's also the concept of having a, an additional crime response state where you accept a crime has been committed, but you um, ignore any uh, calls for calling in police, which would allow you um, as a criminal to still allow crimes to be committed against you and still to fight back without the police necessarily attacking you. So there's a whole bunch of interesting quality of life features that are they're tertiary, um, but still connected to crime in general that we are looking at and again hey it's me no etas no guarantees but there's a there's an awful lot that we are looking at so i have not i'm a wee bit of a smuggler more than a pvp or a pirate mm. and yeah you know, there's been talk about pvp and all that kind of stuff getting a once over what about what's happening to smuggling smuggling is a core role of the game and so as such um we can all accept that as we look at uh, features for um, the Beyond series of updates, it will be in there in the mix fighting for its corner. Uh, I can't go into any more details, um, but it could well be, uh, you know, there are two there are two ways to look at things like smuggling and piracy, which both, I, I, I think we can all agree, both could be, could, could be improved. Um, we'd, okay, we'd like to improve both. For both of them, there are, there are two avenues. There are simple changes. For example, we could look at the black market and improvements um, to cost efficiency in terms of the acts that you're committing, the criminal acts. That's something that we'll almost, almost certainly will be looking at at some point. And then there are mechanical changes to um, improve the gameplay, uh, which obviously are equally good, if not better, but they are not as um, cheap to do. And we have some concepts for that as well. But that's all you're getting out of me uh, on that one. Otherwise, Dale will just kill me. 
That's fair enough, I suppose. I mean, I have to admit, the way I usually wind up doing my smuggling runs is by blasting in, yeah, you know, sort of four hundred meters per second, and hope that I don't smash into the into the mm. into the back of the station. <laughs> and I know, you know, all the way back to the earliest days of the Kickstarter, that you know, the heat mechanic was meant to be mm. the the sneaky way we should be doing this, and I'd love to see that really become front and center. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, the heat mechanic. I mean, heat mechanic still has effects. Um, it's still it's still usable, as is uh, you, the ubiquity rating which is a hidden rating i believe actually that all ships have um the larger and more uh, exotic your ship the more likely the police uh, the authorities are to scan it um first rather than ra- sooner rather than later so i don't know if people have ever picked up on that but it's a quite strong effect if you start coming in in a, a small ship or a reasonably cheap ship or a common ship um you are much less likely to get picked out first than if you're coming in swanning in in a beluga or you know a, a, some sort of third alliance or anything like that so uh and yeah so there's that and there are other options as well which are slightly more exotic that we are looking at but we we don't have anything to announce at the moment so absolutely but on the other hand blasting in at 400 meters per second and doing some effectively a skill shot into the mouse slot we don't want to close that off you know that's that's a way <laughs> of doing it and it's a pretty risky one um, as well so you know kudos for, for doing it and in certain ships it's not really that i do it in a cutter well that i was about to say certain ships are not really that viable if you can get away with it in a cut you deserve to get in almost so uh, you know that's that's um that's not bad so yeah absolutely uh, um there are, we want we want to look at the options i, I could just hear ben gnashing his teeth or having to take his lathe con and body kit off his cutter to try and make it look discreet. Now you've told him that. <laughs> Actually, I have to admit, I've noticed that in systems where they're very friendly and it's like, hey, welcome to the system bed, we're really glad to see you. I very, very rarely get scanned, even if I'm carrying, you know, I could be carrying the dodgiest of dodgy stuff and they never look at me. Yeah, I believe that also has an effect. Yeah, so interestingly, what you're carrying normally has zero impact on your, the likelihood of them scanning you because they, they're not magic in that sense. They don't know what, uh, what you've got. But I believe I'm quite, it's quite plausible. I've, I can't think off the top of my head because there's so many rules in this, in this damn game. But um, the, your allied status, I think, does also affect the ubiquity of your, of your or, or, the, or the kind of comments of your ship. So the more friendly you are, the more likely people are to trust you. So the other question we've got sort of on the um, community side is... Um, how will player-run events such as demolition mm. derbies be affected by these changes? And demolition derbies, including like ramming people to death for fun or getting the station annoyed on purpose just for fun, dueling with your friends. Yeah, so this, uh, this is a really good your, one. But leaving yourself protected for crime. So basically, you turn your crimes off just for your friends, but because you don't want to be interrupted they're on for everyone else that sort of thing they play a running event yeah so there, there, again there are two parts to this so one the first part is we want to support this we think that the it's really cool seeing all of the crazy events and uh, player driven content that's in the game this is awesome and i hope i really hope people will keep doing that and we do want to support it however we do have to balance that against the concept of what it means to be in the elite universe so that you know that law is a thing so obviously you can still turn report crimes off. Um, you can still go to anarchy systems. There are still the, the very kind of blunt, uh, uh, blunt force trauma methods of making sure that the crime doesn't affect you in certain ways, but they come at costs. Um, as you rightly point out, other people can get involved and, and uh, attack you with impunity as well. It shouldn't be that much different really, as it stands to the current build. It would be a little bit more severe in terms of if a ship gets a bounty, the bounty doesn't go away. It has to be paid. So that is 
clearly more of a consequence. You can't just avoid that, avoid paying that bounty. But that was really always the case in, in terms of that's what a bounty is meant to do. It's meant to be this threat. And like I say, we have been looking or we are looking at the concept of are there ways that we can finesse report crimes to make it so that you can um, effectively manipulate who, who gets to do what in terms of who's committing crime and who isn't. Obviously, within a wing, no crimes are committed. So that's one way of, of doing stuff. But obviously, wings have limits. Clearly, going forward uh, in the long term, we have squadrons. And it would be, I mean, I'm going to say very little about that at the moment, other than one could imagine the concept of uh, the way crimes are changed within a wing also being in some way applied to squadrons. So in the long term, squadrons, although it absolutely terrifies me, does offer um, a wealth of very, very, very interesting new avenues for addressing issues and giving players uh, what they want but that's oh, that's I've said too much already so you should probably ignore that I'm very nothing confident that you'll cut that out surely right I mean that's punishment with squadrons then nothing to, announce, that? nothing to announce for crime punishment with squadrons then no, nothing. Absolutely, nothing to announce there, there at all. So, yeah, going back to the original question, yeah, we are we're we're going to have to look at it on a kind of almost like a case by case basis and weigh up the cost benefits of supporting certain activities um, to what degree, you know, what we gain. So, we are very sympathetic to player driven activities. We love them. We want to support them, but it can't just be we support them at the cost of making the game not work for the general gameplay. So. That's very much a, an ongoing thing. And again, another great point for me to plug the feedback forum and say, get in there and tell us what the what you what you see out the issues are with the current proposals, you know, and offer suggestions as to ways that we can mitigate it if there are problems, or tell us that it's all working fine and we're on the right track. And it doesn't really matter um, what you tell us as long as you tell us. I, I can't I can't reiterate that strongly enough. Basically, the the forums are we kind of didn't have to do, but we really think that we can get we we are getting good good mileage from it. So. The more people use it, the, the better, the really the better it is for everyone. I, I can just feel Ed dreading another bout of protest goat if this isn't done right, if you remember back. Well, I've, when- oh, God, I'm Ed, I remember protest goat with some beer. Yeah, I, again, at the end of the day, we make calls. We try and please as many people as possible. We, we try and prioritise on, on various metrics as to whether people are really enjoying the game and, and get new players into how can the game be just and how can the game be better for pvpers and pveers and role players and solo players and uh, social players we have a lot of balancing uh, um, acts to do we never get it right for everyone that basically is impossible i'm just gonna come out and say it i'm not the world's best designer anyway and that's just that is beyond me but we do our best to try and try and make it as good as we can for as many people as we can we're not going to be able to please everyone you know there are always going to be some some winners and some losers but we the fact that you know the game is what three years old or something like that and we're still plugging away um it's fantastic because every time every time we're allowed to do this and we there's a chance we can improve the game right so that's that's the good thing so with player support you know people keep supporting this we'll keep we'll keep plugging away at it talking about support i've just been reading in the live radio discord that someone was going off and they spent about 25 quid in the store today so yay i guess yeah sale. oh yeah 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 there's a sale on uh but hmm. anyway on to i think i actually know the answer to this but we were asked to ask how are you going to prevent mischievous players getting in the way of other ships weapons in order to get the bounty yeah, to get the bounty applied to them. So we 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 are we fully accept that this system, in some ways, is a bit harsher, a bit more strict, because it has to be so that consequences can be enforced. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, for one thing, we're going to increase the uh, threshold for friendly fire, so that it takes a significant more, a significantly large amount of damage, great amount of damage, before it triggers the actual bounty crime or the assault crime. Um, obviously, we have to balance that against 
people trying to exploit that in corner cases by you know alpha striking without without too many people getting crimes back. Um, but we think we've got some leeway there. And at the same time, we would we would introduce a new like weapon, reckless weapons discharge crime to take into account that people you, you know if you are going to shoot at, at ships like that. You don't get away scot-free, but it's a fine rather than a, a bounty, which, again, it's mainly come from feedback. I, I think a lot of players have been clamouring for this a little bit. So hopefully that will make that will make it feel a bit more like a soft ramp up to uh, full, full-blooded full bounty criminality. So, you know, there are numbers to balance there, but we, we, we hope that we get a good a good set of numbers to, to make it so that the, that the balance is okay, it's tolerable. So that's the uh, the first thing. And then for things like, you know, ramming, we are going to try and spend a bit of time looking at the current crime criteria as to what triggers it and what it takes into account. Again, a karma system probably is the best long-term solution, but it might be that we can think of some mitigating factors. In, again, in hindsight, with feedback, looking at the way that people are, um, use force shells or you know c- contact to try and push people over speed limits and that kind of thing. So we might be able to finesse the the actual crime itself to mitigate. So we are we are still looking at that as well. We're aware, you know, that whatever we do, there will be a, a subset of people that want to exploit it because you know, because because they can, and we accept that, and that's just a something that we have to deal with. I kind of wish they wouldn't, but you know, that, it's their prerogative if they if they want to do that, and it's up to us to make sure that the rules are are as are as just and as uh, robust as possible. Yeah, we kind of put our evil mode hats on for some of these next questions. Mm, um, okay. So just because we tried to think of ways in which you could bypass the system, and we're kind of hoping you've thought of that already, but, you know, it's just us trying to be evil, I guess. Mm. Uh, um, <laughs> you mentioned about being sent to the prison ship or the jail or whatever it is. Yes. We got to thinking, well, what would, what if you actually wanted to end up at this detention system? Right because it gives you a nice target-rich environment of players who have just frequently just gone and paid all their dues. And so you could just basically keep killing them. Um, well, okay, that's a good one. Um, so the, we've got a couple of thoughts on that at the moment. Uh, one is a very strong uh, law presence at, at these locations, so uh, you know the fastest possible uh, response times. And it is, I've, I've said, in I think, on other live streams and uh, in probably the forums, that we in general, want to shy away from like auto response. So you, you spawn in to shoot someone and the police are just literally there in your tailpipe shooting you as you're shooting them. Uh, this is one of those examples. Maybe in a particular instance, it would be worthwhile. We're also looking at simple things such as when you uh, undock from a, a detention, deportation, rehab centre, um, it's almost certain you'd be in your own instance initially uh, with a, a lock to prevent other people joining into it until you'd hyperspaced. So there are a couple of there are a couple of ways that we can that we're already thinking of, or ways of, of mitigating the evil doers congregating around um, prison systems. We think that's a good starting point. Uh, obviously, we're open to more suggestions. Okay. So the next one we came up with is, what would happen if, say, for example, you went to the prison ship, you got thirty sidewinders in it, so you can't have any more ships docked at that station, right? And you then went on a murder spree in your corvette, right? That's a really good question. Okay, yeah, yeah. What what would you do? Um, probably something quite harsh, like destroy one of your ships. <laughs> it's that's a really good question, and I hope someone's put this as an issue in the uh, forum because otherwise I'm going to forget it because it is that is a good good great catch the forum can give us. Um, but if someone's going to kind of effectively try and abuse that system and keep more ships there than uh, they should have, we've got a number of options. We could increase the limit of prison ships, or we could move ships around arbitrarily, or we could just literally force sail or force destroy ships that were already present. I'm fairly confident that we have the means 
to make it an unpalatable choice. But it's a great catch. That's the kind of corner case that we need uh, people with, with their evil hats to come up, come up and tell us about. Uh, okay, cool. I mean, just a general sort of comment, really. And again, our thinking is that previously within the economy, how many credits I had doesn't really matter how many, how many credits you have. There's no link, really, mm. between that. Now with the focus on credit fines and being able to, if you have a huge bank balance, being able to perform more crimes than the others, it kind of does. So we're kind of wondering, is that a worry for the in-game economy, that having that link there now? Um, no. So this, this is a really, really good question. So a uh, face value, no, because that's not really what the system's attempting to do. It's, it's attempting to redress an imbalance just in terms of consequence at all not to particularly pick on players that have, for whatever reason, it's, uh, you know, it's irrelevant the way that they got their money. They've either got money or they have what the, what these rules are meant, what are primarily trying to do is make sure that when you commit a crime, there is a consequence that's appropriate with the crime. And that's kind of irrespective of, of your money or how much you've got. The only connection is it's going to take some of your money, which currently it might not always be doing as, as well as it should be. Uh, but it's an interesting, it's an, it is an interesting point, you know, the whole concept of should crimes be linked to your overall success? I mean, it's, um, it could be argued either way. I'm mildly against it in general, but I'm open, we're all open to suggestion in terms of the, the kind of benefits it could give us. What I wouldn't want to do though is, is kind of get to the point where the richer you are, the more painful crime becomes. If we could keep the balance so that it never felt arbitrarily exponentially painful. Maybe it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. I, I, it would take some fairly strong arguments to persuade us at the moment. Well, I think all people would do is they'd be um, cash poor and asset rich or something. Yeah, it, it, there are there are ways. But again, you know, it's not like we can't, it's not like we couldn't, given time and, and effort, look at that, you know, and, and start looking at not just credits, but assets. Assets have fundamentally credit values. It's not outside the realms of possibility you know, to link them all. I'm just not, at the moment, I'm not sold on whether we should really do that. Yeah, I guess it's like the, uh, the billionaire in Norway the, the other week that got a $23,000 fine for going one kilometer an hour over the speed limit or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, there are arguments on both sides. And it's, again, it's a very interesting moral conundrum. I don't have the answer to that either, <laughs> but uh, but it's an interesting concept. And again, it's I, I would hope that people have strong thoughts on that, whether it would be you know, a suggestion or just debate in the normal threads, that they would actually get onto the, the forum and, and get in there and tell us. Right. There's been a little bit of confusion regarding the upcoming power play changes, and they're seeming a wee bit more complicated than what we currently have. Could you probably go over them again, I guess? Yeah, I, I will, because that's my fault entirely. I've, been, I've just been rubbish at explaining them, I think, in the live stream, and, and I probably haven't posted enough about them. So, I mean, I obviously got a very strong, um, very vested interest in power play. I, I still think that power play's got a lot of potential. Um, the way it w- the way it currently works, okay, as a recap, is that um, you commit crimes in you commit crimes against other powers, and they're just normal crimes. But we suppress the response, we make the response weaker, so, uh, so that you've got more chance of players actually having consensual PvP without the system authorities getting involved and slaughtering everyone or, or just shutting it down or making it really hard to do certain actions versus other actions, uh, which is not, it, 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 again, it works. It's just not as elegant as, as, as we'd like. So with the new suggestion, it would be that there are certain actions that would become power play only crimes. These would look like normal crimes in all but, all but name, killing a ship, nicking cargo, that kind of thing. What would make it a power play crime would be the criteria of who's involved and where they are. So if I'm pledged to a power, 
and the targets pledged for power and we're in a system that is associated with one of these powers, then attacking would create a crime, but it wouldn't be a normal crime, it would be a power play crime. So a power play bounty would be issued. The difference between a power play bounty and a normal bounty would be only certain people can see the power play bounty when they do the scan, i.e. you've got to be part of the aggrieved power to see that there is a bounty to collect. If someone transgresses against Winters or Hudson, then only friends of Winters or Hudson can see that power bounty. It gives a little benefit to killing those people because you now get some money for it. Like just off the bat, it's a bounty you claim. Uh, It's an incentive. It it means that we don't have to call the normal police. So it literally means that power play is much more uh, in in terms of power play. It's in terms of uh, PvP combat. We can can still call the police. We can still call uh, power play ships instead if we want. So we have a lot of options there in terms of uh, different methods of playing, whether it's group or solo or, or, or open. And as far as the respawning mechanics would go, it would be as if, no crime was committed. So when you died, we wouldn't be overly harsh because we, we, you know, power play is about consensual PvP. So when you died, it would be as if you just died and no, no bounty was claimed. You wouldn't have to pay anything extra. You just respawn using the standard respawn rules as if you just died without any crimes being committed. So it's gives us a lot more freedom in terms of making sure power play isn't ruined by normal systems, but it allows us to connect it, connect the dots where we need to. Um, and it gives a little bit more incentive to, to actually kill people in power play as well because you get a bit of money from it. So would the power play mechanic only include powers who were adjacent to the one that you were pledged to? It's very likely that if I am Patrius and I commit a crime in Winter's area, then I would get there will be a Winter's bounty. Winter's players would definitely have to see it. It's quite likely that um, Hudson players would also see it. So people that are, uh, that are allied will be able to see it, probably. Again, that, that's something we can change. That's, that's probably one of those numbers that's reasonably straightforward to tweak or rule that's reasonably straightforward to tweak. But it means that if I wasn't pledged to a power or I was pledged to some complete third-party power, it's nothing to do with me. I can't claim that bounty. I actually like that idea of having who you're adjacent to. So in other words, who you're allowed to kill and who you're not. That Because that brings meaning, more meaning to power play, but also yeah. brings a, a, a good reason to look forward to the Thursday morning reset. <laughs> yeah. And you can then use the power play mechanic for PvP. That, that, that's um, entirely what it's meant to be useful, absolutely, yeah. So that's actually good. And if it's dynamic, it means it's player influence if it's just a static if it's not your power i think it detracts away from the experience a little bit personally yeah well the, the good news is there that there's like you know there is we have we have an amount of leeway with those kind of uh, decisions not infinite but but some and again it um, broken record time but let us know where, where we're getting it wrong or where we could the next one isn't really to do with the um crime punishment but we have been asked to play it so this is the last one before the lightning round um, <laughs> lightning, okay yeah <laughs> and uh, so there's been some comments that the multi-crew gunner is useless against Thargoids due to the lack of ability to target the heart. Is this an intended part of the encounter or is it on the fixed list? Uh, it, we're looking at it. It's outside the remit of crime, so I, I, I haven't got much to say about it, but we're, we're considering options there. It's, um, yeah, I, I don't have, we don't have an answer right now. We will, that is an ongoing, an ongoing internal debate. Oh, the other thing, sorry, talking about crime and punishment, I, again, I promised a friend of mine I'd mention this, is they were um, doing a, a mission uh, yesterday. Yes. And they were in their uh, fighter, and rather foolishly, they had their NPC in their main ship. Right. And they were attacking a wing, and she had scanned, he will not scanned the first ship in the wing. Yeah. And blew up, no problem. The NPC in the mothership then started to attack the second ship in the wing, 
and got her a bounty for it because the the NPC in the main ship hadn't scanned the ship to, if you like, get the wanted marker on it. That, that, that needs to go down as a bug because uh, one way or another, that, that needs to be addressed in terms of either NPC crew understanding that they shouldn't be willy-nilly attacking unscanned ships or possibly the concept of if you scan a fighter, you're also scanning the mothership. So, you know, e- either way is fine, but we, we will need to address that at some point, absolutely. She's got it on video, so I'll get her to open a book. Get, get it to su- uh, submit a ticket. That's a very st- straightforward choice that we'd, we'd have to make, and it's a reasonable, completely reasonable um, complaint. I told her it was her fault for letting the NPC fly a ship. <laughs> well, that's also completely acceptable as well. Right, I think, uh, Ben, we're now on the lightning round, aren't we? Right, so what is this lightning round? I've, I've heard rumour of this lightning round, but I don't know what it is. Right, well, the lightning round is we're just going to say a bunch of questions and we want you to, a bunch of qu- crimes that one could commit. Mm. And we want to know is, would the response to that be a fine, a bounty, a jail, or all of the above? And obviously, yeah, just as quick as you could. Okay. Uh, okay. So, fine, bounty, jail, and what was the last one? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, this is gonna, probably going to tell you a lot more about me than the game, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so accidentally shooting before a scan ends with, but you're not doing any hull damage. Fine. Uh, Accidentally shooting before a scan ends with hull damage. Uh, Fine. Accidentally ramming a ship without destroying it. Uh, Fine. Ooh, maybe maybe bounty. Fine, bounty, not sure. Uh, Shooting a clean or non-scan ship with an including hull damage, so you basically haven't waited for the little wanted thing to come up. Uh, Bounty. What about killing skimmers? It depends on what they are. Uh, it depends on, on, on what you've what you've what you've looked at them. I'm going to go with fine bounty. No fine. <laughs> uh, shooting people in an SRV. Uh, all of the above. That's really really mean. What about smuggling illegal goods? Um, <laughs> fine. Uh, loitering or docking without permission. All of the above. Killing a clean NPC as part of a mission. Uh, bounty. Uh, Carrying a wanted passenger. Bounty. Killing a clean player, not PV, uh, not power play aligned. Uh, jail. <laughs> I've not used that one yet. <laughs> uh, killing multiple clean players, not PowerPoint aligned. Um, all of the above. I think that's about it, isn't it, Sean? <laughs> I think it's going to show how complete contradictory answers are brilliant. <laughs> we didn't actually mention anything about loitering in the dock in the. The docking area, did we? Well, that's punishable by death, well, isn't it? That's all of the above <laughs> times two, <laughs> frankly, yeah. They put your corpse in jail, for sure. Well, naturally. Um, just another quick question before I think we, we, we finish off is, mm. um, if a player scans you and you're wanted, yes. does it alert the system authorities or is it just the player? If a player scans you and you are wanted, uh, I believe it... Oh, my goodness. I think it does alert the system authorities. It it might depend on the crime actually uh, uh, as well. I, I'd actually have to I'd actually have to look that one up. That's how many that's how many like laws and rules. That's one of the things though, that we are looking at in terms of potentially finessing uh, whether you want the system authorities to know at all or whether you want to want, want to basically sort it out by yourself. So could you explain that? Sorry, I didn't quite get that last. Week. Uh, so, why, yeah, why would uh, you want the system authorities to know? Um, it really comes down to do you want their help or not. A lot of the time, yeah. So um, if you're a, a non-combat ship and um, someone's committing crimes, especially they're committing against you, um, you, you or potentially against you, you want you want the police to be there to protect you, right? Um, potent- 
in general. If you fancy yourself as a bit of a hotshot or a bounty hunter, or you don't really like the idea of police snooping around, um, you don't want the police there. So you, you know, you might want to deal with the situation there and then without getting, uh, without kind of getting any kind of um, police authority entanglements. So uh, there's been some great feedback about this from from various folk on the forum. So I'm not saying when or if we're going to do it, but there are some options for finessing how your report crime system works to give you more options in terms of how you deal with criminals and crime. After what you're saying almost sounds like, oh, back in the alpha, we had a please report. You know, it was like a help me button or something like that in one of the mm, menus, mm. I remember. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there are some pretty cool options there, which, uh, again, the tertiary to what we're looking at directly here, but... They are fundamentally to do with crime and criminality, so we are casting a weather eye over them. Right, well, I think that's everything that, I, that we've got, isn't it, Sean? Uh, there's nothing more on the list that we've, that we've done. Everything else that has been added and round about, so I think we're there. Awesome. Thank you very much then, Sandy. That's been, it's actually been, it's been awesome. It's, been... it's my pleasure. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this about five times, I think, to actually absorb all that. <laughs> I'll probably have to do the same when it goes when it goes out. <laughs> no, it's great. It's it's, it's good uh, good to talk to you guys. Well, thank you very much for da- joining us, then, Shandy. Shandy, <laughs> I need a drink now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Genie, um, isn't it? Rather than Shandy. <laughs> no, the pages are mine. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Shandy, and I'm going to stop this recording now before I say anything else. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope that was informative interesting and all that good stuff i think sandy it was great of sandy to join us yesterday um and be so frankly candid with us despite dale sitting in the room glaring at him when he when he maybe mentioned things that he shouldn't have and and various other things um Although Dale was actually hiding behind the curtain there, and he, he wasn't there apparently, but we all know he was actually. I'm just glad that the that someone else can't pronounce their words properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least I can say for for the mine. No, you didn't. <laughs> yes, I can say for Dean, Honest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Although, did did I catch um, Shan saying that that we did a oh a PowerPoint instead of PowerPlay. You did. Guess what I was doing at work before <laughs> the stream happened. <laughs> but at least I got his name right. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. Unlike Fozzle getting your name right. <laughs> he couldn't remember it, I thought. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, so Ben, is, is, is Shandy someone, uh, me, when I go into games development? Is that... I, I would say that games development definitely does make one into an alcoholic. Probably, yeah, that seems reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, why not? I, I would imagine all programming, not just games development. You're probably quite well, right, to be honest. Well, Ben, you're a developer. Yeah. Are you an alcoholic? I'm not an alcoholic, but I, I do enjoy the odd drink. Yes, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Um, but, yeah, you're yeah. an alcoholic. I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. In the, you're Scottish, I, you're an alcoholic. No, if I were an alcoholic, I wouldn't be able to have a bottle of whiskey that's been sitting in my room for over ten years and is still unopened. Actually, just to let you into a little secret, that's just full of cold tea. 
Me and Grant <laughs> ripped it open. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> Is that what he told you it was? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think we've probably gone on a, a little bit enough this evening. Is there anything else that anyone else is wanting to mention before we start winding things out for the show? No, I think that's it for tonight. I think people have heard enough of my voice for one day. (laughs) Right, in that case then, we're going to have to give a couple of shout-outs. So, LaveCon 2018 is still looking like it's the 8th to the 10th of June. Uh, But obviously, when we get any more information about that, we will let you guys know. Uh, that's that's all we know, and that's all we can really tell you. Colin, I believe there's something about a Discord server that you've already mentioned. But let's try it again. Oh, for goodness sake. Okay, there is a, a CQC Discord uh, server for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action. And you will find the link at https slash slash discord me slash elite dangerous cqc all one word well done colin (laughs) right and so we've got a request from commander starion who quite often joins us in game and things like that he's taking part in november and Mm. this is his fourth year and he's wondering if any commanders want to go off and support him in that he's on mobro.co slash Gerard Danks. That's mobro.co slash G E R A R D D A N K S. So I want to go off and let's see who's in game. I've I've lost all you guys now. While you do that, Ben, just say yep. yeah. Reminder: the um. Black Friday sale is on in the Elite Store. Oh. Yeah, and any have you picked up any any good things or was it, I know there was stuff. This was it twenty percent off uh, some ship skins and things like that, if I remember correctly. And I would be guessing that Elite Dangerous Horizons and things like that are going for a bit of a bargain as well. Um, yeah, I um, I've heard that they're cheap on Humble Bundle at the moment. The Elite Dangerous Horizons and the Commander oh, Starter Pack. it's on Hunter Bundle as well, is it? Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, I heard that from Commander Arena. All right, okay, that's interesting to know. Haven't verified it, but I've heard it, so... Okay, cool. Well, I guess I want to say thank you to Commander Fishmanos, Paul Archer, and Ventura for joining us outside of Lave. We've also had a couple of other folk flying in around and saying hi um but that's it and i want to thank everybody in twitch and also dj truesayer for dropping in with his little raid so cheers guys <coughs> colin you're f- you're smelly too and i'm live on the microphone and i'm winding it up so tough that's it for another episode of lay radio if you want to get in touch with us with the show, then you can email us on info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. We are at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com slash lavechat. 
You can listen to us on TeamSpeak, where Jay's teamspeak.com slash live radio. Live radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 GMT and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. Thank you very much to Colin, to Grant, to Toxic, to Shan, to Alan. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, remember to... Galnet News Digest, 21st of November, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Out-of-touch leaders talk down Thargoid threat. Type 10 Defender details leaked. Toroidal Thargoid theory. Organised crime boss cited in Lave. Out-of-touch leaders talk down Thargoid threat. Federal President Zachary Hudson and Emperor Arisi Lavigny Duval have both made speeches this week, wrongly asserting that the Thargoids have only been encountered in the Pleiades. Admiral Aidan Tanner of Aegis seems equally in the dark. While the political leaders were appealing for calm and a sense of perspective in their claims that the Thargoids are only encountered in the Pleiades, Admiral Tanner's statement was much more cautious, suggesting that there was nothing to suggest that the Thargoids would remain in the Pleiades. He also said Aegis was actively investigating. All three seemed oblivious to a number of Thargoid sightings well outside the Pleiades, several of them significantly closer to the human homeworlds. Admiral Tanner shouldn't be conducting his own research. All he has to do is ask Cannon. 
Type 10 Defender. Details leaked. Lacon Spaceways has apologised for delays in making its new ship, the Type 10 Defender, available, due to a shortage of factory space, but promises it's coming soon. A previous attempt at outsourcing having failed, Lacon has now entered into an agreement with Zorgon Peterson to create the first run of Type 10s. According to industrial spies, these first defenders will not be based on the Type 9, but will instead be based on a heavily modified and reinforced hauler, kitted out with four large, three medium and two small hardpoints. It'll also come with the option for a specialised form of ship-launched fighter bay, which is essentially a roof rack with elastic rope for keeping the fighter securely attached while it's docked. Critics have suggested that the size 2 power plant might pose a problem. However, Lake on Spaceways remains positive, claiming that the Defender will combine the best features of the two companies' ranges of spaceships, combining the defensive capabilities of the hauler with the manoeuvrability of the Type 9 and the jump range of the Fer de Lance. Toroidal Thargoid Theory Canon Interstellar is investigating the lack of Thargoid activity in Merope. Canon's magical mystery tour on board their megaship, the Gnosis, with a G, arrived in that system on November 17th for a week of scientific study, incidentally leaving Commander Repred Ganin and his short-range Ferdelance stranded in their last port of call, Horsehead Sector UEP-B60 after he forgot to dock again prior to the scheduled jump. Merope is the system that Thargoid activity in the Pleiades is centred upon, with the majority of Thargoid encounters being within a ring 150 light-years across and centred on Merope. Canon Interstellar has recently realised that there's a significant gap in systems with Thargoid activity. Merope, with several other systems in its immediate vicinity, have no Thargoids patrolling whatever. The donut of Thargoid activity doesn't have jam in the middle, it has a hole. Merope seems to be special to the Thargoids. The Thargoid devices, previously known as unidentified artefacts, point towards Merope, and Thargoid system scans use Merope as the standard against which other systems are measured. Could it be that the Thargoids are trying to reach Merope, but are being prevented by some as-yet-unknown force? Perhaps they're trying to distract our attention from Merope. Or perhaps they just like donuts. Organised Crime Boss Cited in Lave There have been several reported sightings tonight of a black-and-white striped space worm in the vicinity of Lave Station. Commanders are advised to keep clear of this unwelcome interloper, who's believed to be an associate of the evil Don Antonacci. The space worm is reported to be heavily involved in organising crime throughout the galaxy. Speaking from his fortified villa, Vert's Pride, Don Antonacci denied any involvement with any space worm, living, dead, or wearing concrete overshoes. 
He also pointed out that it is disrespecting Mr. Spaceloach to call him a worm. And any journalist who made that mistake might wake to find a Thargoid's head lying beside him in his bed. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.